What's up everybody, Chris here from Chris Gates Fitness, back with another episode and I want to thank you specifically for joining in. Um, this week on the podcast, we are going to be talking about six tips that I have to offer you uh, in terms of getting fit for summer. And all six of these tips are rooted in a lot of the strategies and techniques that I use with my clients. These are things that we put into practice on a daily basis and a weekly basis to achieve success. And, and generally speaking, we're trying to do one of two things or both, which is burn fat and build muscle. So I think this is going to be really useful. I'm excited to share these tips with you and uh, I hope you find them helpful as well. Before we dive in, I do want to remind you that um, I am releasing this on April 5th and excited to say that today I am officially expanding things uh, with my coaching business and I'm opening uh, things up to additional clients, finally at the place where I can uh, be able to work with more people. And if that's something that you would be interested in, I really encourage you to reach out in whatever way is convenient to you. I'm on basically every social media platform. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, uh, wherever you are located, you can get in touch with me there. If you would like on my website, chrisgatesfitness.com, there's a coaching page uh, that links to the coaching application form where you can formally submit an application if you're interested in uh, some coaching on uh, your fitness and nutrition. Um, there's also a contact page there, and you can email me if you'd like at chris at chrisgatesfitness.com. Uh, but I'm super excited, and uh, I hope you are too. And like I said, even if you just have questions uh, that you want answered about what the coaching process looks like, uh, I would love to talk to you about it. So uh, with that said, let's talk about some of these techniques I use with my clients. So this will give you a little bit of a look into how things work and what type of strategies we put in place. Okay, tip number one is going to be about strength training. And uh, I want to talk about the importance of strength training because oftentimes, you know, as we are in spring and approaching summer, oftentimes the goal is to slim down, right? You want to slim down and and get that beach body, whatever that looks like to you. But generally speaking, it means losing some weight, losing some body fat, uh, and looking a little bit leaner. And a common approach that most people take to lose that type of weight and lose body fat is to do cardio. Go to the gym, get on the treadmill, or the spin bike, or the elliptical, and do hours and hours and hours of cardio every day, every week. And that Honestly, what I have found is it has not been and is not the best approach for most people because the reasoning is overall people just aren't doing enough strength training to begin with. And when you think about what that beach body or that slimmed down version of you looks like, you're probably thinking that there is, you know, some, I, I hate saying toned, toned is not a a word I like to use uh, because I think it's overused and I think it's misused a lot, but like a lot of people say, I want to slim down and look toned. Well, in order to look toned, you need to have some muscle mass uh, underneath your body fat that you burn off, right? You need to have some type of strength developed so that when you lose body fat, you slim down and you look the way that you want to look. Um, now, ways that you can do this. 
I, it's pretty simple. You do not have to go into the gym and try and max out how much you can deadlift and squat and bench press. Sometimes people hear strength training and that's what they think. They think like powerlifting. Um, and that, that's not the case. Strength training quite simply means lifting weights or lifting against some type of resistance. Strength training can even mean body weight exercises. But what I want to encourage you to do with strength training being so important and building muscle being so important for you to get that look, that physique that you're looking for, train the major motor patterns. So what I want you to do is focus on pushing, pulling, and squatting. And I'm going to break down what each of those means. So pushing, we'll start there. Pushing generally means you are training the chest, shoulders, and triceps. So pushing weight in front of you or pushing weight up above you. And it can even mean, in some cases, pushing weight down, like if you're doing tricep extensions where you're pushing the weight down. Um, so something really simple could be just doing some type of compound pushing or pressing exercise, like a dumbbell uh, chest press. You could get on a, uh, a pressing machine at the gym if you're more comfortable with machines. You could also do a shoulder press or a shoulder press machine, something that's getting you pushing weight. That's what I want you to find and hammer home at that. Number two, pulling. So pulling exercises typically involve the back and the biceps. So think of things like rowing into your body or lat pull downs. Uh, it could even be barbell rows off the ground. We also consider bicep curls to be pulling exercises because you're pulling that weight up as you curl the dumbbell up. Um, so an easy one here for pulling exercises is simply do some rows. Every gym has some type of machine that allows you to do, you know, maybe a seated row where you're rowing a cable into your torso. You could also find a machine that has you rowing in towards your body. Um, heck, you could even grab a dumbbell and do one arm dumbbell rows where you're, you know, you have your knee and your arm up on a bench and you're rowing up towards your body. Anything that has you pulling weight is going to be great. And third, squatting is pretty straightforward, and you can squat in a uh, so many different ways, in a variety of ways. There's the traditional squat with a barbell, and if that's something that you're used to, that's a great one. But you don't have to do barbell back squats. You can do goblet squats where you grab a dumbbell, and you hold it up about chest height right under your chin, and you do squats that way. You could also do box squats with that dumbbell where... You know, if you're new to doing squatting exercises, having a chair or a box underneath you to get down, squat down, hit that box, take a second, and then stand back up, that's great. Those are really good exercises. And if you're even a, a more of a beginner than that and you don't feel comfortable with squatting with weight just yet, do bodyweight squats. That's considered strength training as well. Pushing, pulling, and squatting are going to go a long way towards helping you develop strength, build some muscle, and like we said at the beginning, in terms of getting fit for summer, it's going to help you as you burn body fat, it's going to help you to also build muscle, and you're going to be much happier with the way you look at the end of whatever that weight cut, that fat loss phase looks like. Okay, tip number two 
is going to play off of tip number one. We just talked about strength training. So let's talk about what a workout schedule might look like for you. And understand first off that you don't have to train every single day. You don't have to bust your ass every single day. And in fact, I would probably recommend that you don't do that because when you're training hard, you're going to need to give your body time to recover. So what I would suggest is looking at anywhere from two to five days a week of strength training. You could go six. I don't recommend that to most people simply because the average American does not have their recovery so dialed in that they can do six days and recover from intense training six days a week um, and not run themselves into the ground because that means you're eating the right nutrition every single day. You're getting enough protein every single day. You're keeping your stress levels low every single day. You're getting seven to nine hours of sleep every single day. You are hydrating adequately every single day. Most people don't do that. So I think two to five is probably going to be better for you. And that's because we give at least two full days a week towards rest and recovery. And your body is going to thank you for that. And your progress will reflect that over time. You will see good progress because you're giving your body time to respond and adapt to the training that you're throwing at it. So let's walk through what some of these different workout schedules could look like. And we'll start with two days a week. If you do two days a week, I think you have two options here, okay? One of them could be do a upper body day on your first day and do a lower body day on your second day. Now, the other option is you could do two full body days and just space them out so that you have enough rest and recovery in between to be able to hit the same muscle groups a few days later. That's Those are your options for two days. For three days, I think the really the, really the best option is going to be a push, a pull, and a leg day. And that kind of goes back to what we were just talking about, pushing, pulling, and squatting. So on your push day, you would have a whole day dedicated to pushing exercises, which as we talked about before, are training the chest, shoulders, and triceps. You'll have a pulling day, so push and then pull. On your pull day, you will focus on the back and biceps. And then on your third day, lower body day or leg day, you're going to focus on the lower body. So uh, glutes, quads, hamstrings, calves, stuff like that. That's your three-day split. If you do a four-day split, I think a really good option for you would be to do a upper body day and a lower body day and then have rest and then follow that up with another upper body day and another lower body day. You could also do push-pull legs and then after some rest, do a total body day. But I really think that upper lower, upper lower is probably going to work out best for you. And a five-day split. What I really like to do with my clients if we're doing five days of intense strength training is at the beginning of the week, hit an upper body day and then follow that up with a lower body day. And then we make sure we have a rest day right after that. And then the following three days, we can hit push, pull, and legs, and then another rest day. So upper, lower, rest, push, pull, legs, rest. We want to space out our rest days to make sure we're getting adequate recovery in between all of these sessions. So those are your options. Six days a week, I will give this to you. And again, I don't recommend it, but I will give it to you in case you're the type of person that really has recovery dialed in. It's pretty simple. Push, pull, legs, push, pull, legs, and then a rest day. Um, again, 
I don't highly recommend that one. And I there is no seven-day workout split because you should not be strength training seven days a week. Um, now, in addition to those, obviously, you can do some low-intensity cardio type of workouts um, that <clears throat> it shouldn't really matter as much when you schedule them throughout the week as long as you're keeping it lower intensity uh, because, you know, if it's low intensity, it's not going to really negatively impact your strength training. So things like walking, a light bike ride, uh, anything like that should be should be perfectly fine. If your cardio days are more intense, uh, then I would rethink how all of this comes together. If you have one or two cardio days that are really intense every week, then you should probably look at a strength training routine that is maybe three days a week. And then you're giving yourself adequate recovery to have intense strength training days and also have intense cardio days, but have them all fit into a puzzle that promotes recovery as well. So that's a basic breakdown on some of the different workout splits and schedules that I work with my clients on. So I hope you found that helpful. Now we can move on to tip number three, which is how to build muscle and some of the things that you should focus on. And to build muscle, you first and foremost need to focus your mind on the concept of legitimately training hard because uh, to build muscle, it's actually this phenomenon that happens in the human body that is amazing when you think about it. You are challenging your body to a certain extent that forces it to grow tissue and respond to the training stimulus that you're providing it. Um, and as you might imagine, you know, when you throw a intense training stimulus at your body, it responds, it adapts, it grows, and then you have to continue to increase that training stimulus and train harder and harder and harder over time to continue to encourage your body and force your body really to grow, adapt, recover continually. So that's that's the main focus here, right? Is understand that you have to train legitimately hard and hard is going to increase over time. You're going to have to train harder and harder and harder. So let's talk about how you can set up your training to make sure that you're training hard enough to build muscle. And it can be very, very simple. And I'm going to outline how simple it is. So there are six different ways you can pretty much guarantee that you're training hard enough to build muscle. Number one, increasing the amount of sets that you do for each exercise. And I, I want to provide that with the caveat that I don't mean if you're doing five sets of bicep curls this week, then that means next week you should do 15. What I mean is progressively over time, if you can add a set, you know, next, if you did three sets this week, do four sets next week. And once you get acclimated to that, do five sets. And doing that progressively over time, if you increase the amount of sets for a given exercise or for all your exercises, there's no way that you could say you're not training hard enough to build muscle. That's number one. Number two, increasing the amount of reps that you do for a given exercise or for all your exercises. If you are doing more reps similar to sets, I don't want you going from eight reps today to 20 reps tomorrow, but progressively increasing that slowly over time, if you do that, there's no way that you could not be training hard enough to build muscle because if you just add one rep every week, you've tr you're training harder every week. And eventually you're going to get to an intensity where that's really intense and your body has to adapt and you know grow because of that. 
So that's number two. Number three is adding weight to a given exercise. And this is one where it's not practical for everything because, you know, some of those muscle groups that are small, like your, let's say like your lateral raises, right? Your lateral delts. Um, you could do lateral raises with like 10 pounds, 15 pounds, maybe 20 pounds. But when you get up to like 25, 30, 40 pounds, it starts to get unrealistic. Your form starts to get terrible. You start using tons of momentum to move the weight. And then you're defeating the purpose of the exercise. So you cannot always add weight to exercises, but things like compound exercises, like what we talked about before, pushing and pulling and squatting, those are exercises where you can progressively maybe add five pounds a week for a period of time. If you can add weight, there's no way that you could say you're not training harder. Duration is another one. And this is a little more detailed, but just think about if you do three sets of bicep curls, and you do them in five minutes. Next week, you do those three sets of bicep curls and you, curls and you do them in four minutes and 45 seconds. You did it in a shorter period of time. That means it was more intense. That means you're training harder. RPE, RPE stands for rate of perceived exertion. And that just essentially means like on a scale of one to 10, how hard was the exercise? And if you see the RPE going up, then that will mean you're training harder because as you perceive it, this was getting more, this exercise was getting more difficult week to week to week. So you're training harder. And the last one is form and technique. So if you are, if you start off, you're a beginner, your squatting is awful, but then six weeks later, you see that your squat technique is really, really good. That means you develop the musculature to perform that movement better and more effectively. So that means you built muscle. That means you can train harder. So those are the six ways that you can guarantee that you're building muscle and you could pick one, two, all of them. Uh, technic technically you could improve in all of them, but I would say pick a couple and try and improve with them. And that will mean you're training harder. All right, let's flip up over to the other side now and talk about nutrition. So tip number four is about a nutrition plan and the concept of managing your nutrition to try and slim down and get fit for summer. And what I want you to understand is that you have to start slow and move slowly in terms of the adjustments you make to your nutrition plan, okay? Because you cannot just drastically drop calories because you think it's going to make you lose weight quicker. So if you're dieting on 2,000 calories and you're losing weight, you can't say, well, then if I eat 1,000 calories, I'll lose twice as much weight. That's not how your body responds to this type of stuff. It's also not going to be very sustainable. And so if you do that and you get way too aggressive, you may lose weight for a period of time, but then burn out and binge and gain way more weight back. And then you'll be, you know, it's like you took one step forward and then like five steps backward. And then your, your, your plan has totally been derailed. So you cannot do that. Make something that's sustainable for yourself. Make something that you believe you can do long-term. I don't care what people are telling you on the internet. I don't care that people say keto is magic. I don't care that people say carnivore is going to transform your body. Um, I, I don't care what any other fad diet or plan or product you see marketed says. I want you to look at your relationship with food and figure out what seems sustainable. Chances are it probably means including some of the foods that you still love, right? so that you can still have them. Because if you abstain from everything, it's not gonna be realistically something you can do long-term. 
generally speaking. Go slow, make small incremental changes over time, and again, make it sustainable. You're going to have to be in a calorie deficit long-term to see the progress that you're looking for. And what that means is you're going to have to be burning more calories than you are taking in. And what we do here is we adjust our nutrition to lose weight. We don't try and do endless amounts of cardio to burn those calories in the hopes that it'll make us lose weight. No, 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 no. We create a sustainable plan. We go slow. We let our body respond. Give yourself time. Tip number five. So I just mentioned being in a calorie deficit long-term. Well, let's talk about some ways that you can do that. As we know, calorie deficit is burning more calories than you are taking in via food every day. There are two approaches that I think work really well. One of them is just a daily calorie deficit. And what that means is you have a select amount of calories that you are supposed to eat every day. And that's how many calories you eat every day. And we know that if you do that, you will be in a calorie deficit. You will see your weight come down over time. And that doesn't mean that you eat at this one number and you always lose weight. No, that will change as your weight goes down, your calorie deficit, you're going to have to lower your calories. Um, but it's just one number every day, simple, straightforward, and easy to understand. Calorie cycling is a little more flexible. And, and I think this approach is probably best for a lot of people because say you're dieting on 2000 calories every day, that's your calorie deficit. But if you look at that across the week, your, cal your weekly calorie deficit would be 14,000 calories, right? So you could take that 14,000 calorie number and kind of manipulate it and redistribute the calories to put more calories on this day and on this day. And because you put more calories on these two days, then maybe you pull back some calories on the other days. And a great example of that is like Monday through Friday. If that 2000 is your calorie deficit, let's eat 1800 Monday through Friday. And then look at that. You've saved a ton of calories that you can redistribute to the weekend. So 1800 Monday through Friday means you can eat 2,500 on Saturday and Sunday. You've created a really flexible way to have some days that you can enjoy some of those foods that you love, right? Go out for dinner, do something like that. But at the same time, overall across the week, you're in a calorie deficit as a great flexible option. And those are the two for this tip that I would recommend you pick one that you really think can work well for you, roll with it. And finally, tip number six, again, plays off a of tip number five, but let's talk about meal prep because meal prep is so huge when it comes to, you know, accomplishing these goals that we have. If you want to burn fat, lose weight, uh, the meal prep is going to set you up for success. And I, first and foremost, I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to meal prep every weekend for the upcoming week. Uh, but beyond that, you know, I encourage you to also track your nutrition in an app like MyFitnessPal. These are free nutrition tracking apps that make it really simple and straightforward to understand how many calories you're having every day. And when you use one of those apps, you can actually look ahead in the week. So if you prep all this food on Saturday and Sunday for Monday through Friday, well then go into Monday through Friday and like say, okay, Monday I'm going to have six ounces of chicken for lunch. Uh, I'm going to have a salad with dinner. I'm going to put all, and so you can plug in those meals that you know you're going to have for the week. And then that's going to make it that much more straightforward and easy for you to understand like, oh, I have this many additional calories on Monday. What do I want to eat? I have this many additional calories on Tuesday. What else do I want to eat? Right? You plug these things in ahead of time so that you know that you're having foods that are whole and nutritious and working towards your goals. And then you can also discover what maybe little hidden openings you have to 
add a few things that you enjoy, still stay within your calories, and planning it out ahead of time gives you that global view, and you can see it on paper, or in this case, in your phone. It's a really, really big tip. Uh, it's one of my favorites, one that works really, really well uh, with my clients because they, you know, it's it's not something you initially think of. You think, track my food, okay, I ate this, I'm going to put it in. I ate this, I'm going to put it in. But it, you can meal prep, right? You're going to meal prep. So just put it in ahead of time. And just like anything else, like with work, you schedule meetings out for the week. You have a to-do list. You know you have to do these things by the certain day. So you work on it a little bit here, work on it a little bit here, work on it a little bit here. This is essentially the same thing, but with your nutrition to help you work towards the goals that you have. So those are my six tips to help you get fit for summer. I hope you enjoyed them. If you have any questions or feedback, or if you have any tips that have worked really well for you, I would love to hear them. Um, so please feel free to contact me. Like I said at the beginning, I'm pretty much everywhere. Uh, so reach out to me wherever is convenient for you. And you know, really, I would encourage you if, if even you know you've thought about online coaching, if you're you're not sure about it, but you want to ask some questions. I would love to talk to you. And uh, if you feel like now's the right time to, to dive in and um, start working towards whatever that goal physique or goal body weight or goal you have in the gym is, well, then let's talk and uh, we can talk about what online coaching looks like and, and uh, get, get started working towards those goals. April 5th, man. Today's the day. I'm excited. It's been a long time coming and uh, I hope to hear from you. But um, if, uh, if you're interested, let's connect and, uh, more good stuff coming soon. So I'm excited for it again. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you again later. See ya.